630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. The Penguins and the Flames just getting underway. Calgary has won nine straight. Carolina leading the New York Islanders 6-4. The game is still in the second period. Jets and Predators tied 2-2 with the second period just starting. After two in Philly, the Flyers and Columbus even up at three. And in the third period, Lightning and Rangers tied 2-2. Game still to come tonight. Boston at Vancouver. Avalanche at the Coyotes. St. Louis plays L.A. The Oilers will play Dallas tomorrow. 5.30 face-off show. 7 o'clock game start here on 6.30. Chad, scoreboard for Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you can visit crystalglass.ca. In the NBA, the Raptors lead Dallas 71-64 late in the third quarter. We're going to get to curler Mark Kennedy in a few minutes. The third for Team Canada. Tough loss in the Briar final yesterday in St. John's. My name is Reed Wilkins, and we have Beverly on the open line. Hi, Beverly. Hi, Reed. How are you? Doing great. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to make a quick comment, um, uh, Reed. On uh, it seems there seems to be a trend here um, for the Oilers uh, when they're hitting, and I'm talking like two to three times the amount of hits that the other team uh, uh, makes. Uh, we seem to be more aggressive. It seems to get the team going more, and we tend to win those games or at least get a point. And, you know, it's not going – some teams are going to intimidate. Some teams are not going to intimidate, but it will slow them down, you know. And I, I find – like I've watched about 90% of the games this year, and I, I find when they're hitting, they seem to get excited, and the team plays better. Well, I think that's a fair point, and I, I yeah. think the Pittsburgh game, you know, they they yeah. really started forechecking Maroon, a couple right. big hits, Cassian and Lucic with a couple big hits. Exactly. And, and Beverly, there was a play in the second period. Mm-hmm. And Ro- I don't know, if, I can't remember if Rob and I had time to talk about it on air, but we talked about it, I, I know, with each other. There was a play when the Oilers had a lot of forechecking going in the second period, and Sidney Crosby, who is the I still think the best player in the world. I'm not going to quite give it to McDavid no. yet. I'm not going yeah, to be right. that much well, of a homer. McDavid's only 20. He, he's no. getting close. <laughs> Crosby got the puck to the left of his goalie along the boards. Yeah. And he shot it blindly up the boards, and the Oilers defenseman kept it in. And there was no one around Crosby. So it just shows you what body checking and, and wearing down well, another yeah. team can Listen. do. Even the best player in the world can feel rushed and make a fatigued play. We have been through, through so many years, Reed, where we have been intimidated. How many teams have intimidated us, hit us, and we've, we haven't been able to cope with it, you know? And there are some teams that are going to just lock them right out, you know? But there are some teams you won't, like Pittsburgh, but it slowed them down, and we managed to get into overtime, you know? And, I mean, Pittsburgh's the best team in the league right now, you know? I mean, they were <laughs> so, and I mean, we we played so well. And, and another thing that really upsets me, and I'm sure it upsets a lot of the fans, they don't get up for the weaker teams. If they played against the weaker teams, the way they played against the tougher teams, the bigger teams, you know, 
they would have so many more wins, you know? And it's, I know it's psychological, but, you know, what can you do, you know? If they just did it, you know? Well, they've, so they, much... they've beat a lot. In, in the teams behind them in the Western Conference, they, they yeah. have beat a lot of teams behind them in the West. Right. So, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Actually, yeah. This year, they've done. They, they've been much better. But I know how many years that I've been watching, and uh, I, you know, I get so aggravated because I. And, and then when the, the few, oh well, years ago now when they were in the playoffs, like and they got into eighth spot, which is they got into eighth spot. Or how many times there? It was always eighth spot. Right. But it was a, a completely different team, and I said if they played that way. And through the year, they would have been probably in third or fourth spot. You know what I mean? So, but anyway, what can you say? Appreciate just, the call, Beverly. I just wanted to make a comment. Thank you. Appreciate Agreed. it. By the way, I love your laugh. Okay. Thank you very much. I do appreciate <laughs> okay. that. Okay. Bye-bye. That's Beverly, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. All right. We are going to connect with Mark Kennedy in a few minutes, but uh, Jim also called. So, Jim, I'll just give you about a minute and a half here. Go ahead. Well, that's pretty tough for me, but I'll do the best I can. Okay. Reed, I still think the idea of either leaving RH, RH or or or, uh, or Everly unprotected, and, and if they lose or if we lose them, we save six million. Another thing that I just found out, I I, I don't know why uh, I didn't hear about it, because I guess because we haven't been to the playoffs, is that the level of playoffs, if the Oilers go the first round, you pay this so much, and if they're lucky enough to go to the second uh, spot, the fans get rewarded by paying more. Mm-hmm. And more into the third, more into the fourth, and I thought, wow, Gates really wants to make his money back. Well, are people going to pay it? I well, I wouldn't personally. Uh, I think it's greed. I mean, uh, you know, in case uh, they haven't heard, Alberta's hurting, and and I think uh, is it the other clubs do this as well, or is it just an evident thing? Come on, Jim. Did you see what the Leafs' prices are going to be? Well, yeah, but you know what? They've been in Fanny Santa for long. <laughs> I never compare it this or ourselves to the Leafs, nor should we ever never compare ourselves to the Leafs. I mean, they'll pay any ridiculous amounts down there, but I'm just surprised to hear because I know the playoff tickets years ago, and we're talking years ago, it was never like that. So I just was curious when this all changed. Well, they haven't been in the playoffs for a while, so and uh, they've never yeah, been in, they've never been in while Mr. Cates has, has owned the team. I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, he, he's a businessman. I, I, I know uh, the, the commercials on this show aren't free, buddy. So Oh, I know that, but it's just... <laughs> We haven't been a, we haven't been in the past a long time, and we're trying to make up for it all in one year. It's good to hear from you, man. Thanks, man. All right, that's Jim. We got to take a quick timeout, and then, oh, Pittsburgh just scored. They're already up one nothing on Calgary. Curler Mark Kennedy. When we get back. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It was Connor Sheary with the goal for the Penguins. They have an early 1-0 lead in Calgary. I'm Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Mark Kennedy from St. Albert is the third on Kevin Cooey's rink. They won the Briar last year, had to settle for the runner-up slot after losing the final yesterday to the Gushu rink, and Mark joins us now. Mark, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good, Reed. Thanks for having me back. Well, thanks for making time for me. I know it was a grueling week at the Briar, and not quite the uh, end result that you wanted. Uh, you and I have uh, talked a lot about the uh, ups and downs of a season and of a, a career. And uh, you know, I know, I know it's disappointing, but it, but I know you're you're probably dealing with it best you can right now. Yeah, I mean, it was a. A long, grueling week, and we're pretty exhausted. But um, yeah, disappointed is a word for it. But you know what? We're you and I have talked about this before. You you know you work hard, and you're going to win some, and you're going to lose some. And 
it just wasn't our day yesterday. But um, at the end of the day, it's about entertainment for the fans, and I think uh, the fans got their money's worth. And uh, yeah, a little disappointed, but uh, still happy to have had the opportunity to play in a big game like that again and uh, in front of a great crowd and, and really just uh, enjoy the sport in general. Well, it did turn into a, a very good match after, uh, obviously, you know, I'm sure some people were wondering which way it was going to go at the halfway point because they got up 5-1 after 5. Uh, you guys did fight back. But just tell me about, you know, what you and, and the rink went through at that 5 end break. And, uh, you know, was there some regrouping or what allowed you to get back in it? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we knew we were in tough against those guys, but... Um the ice changed a little bit on us and it took us a few ends to adjust. You know, we made some mistakes early in that game that we hadn't made all week uh, and not from bad throws. We just, you know, we weren't adjusting to a little bit more curl and a little bit slower conditions and they adjusted right away and, and jumped on us. Um, so, so the fifth end was about, you know, being resilient and fighting back and this was our last game of the week so we were going to give it all we had. Um, you know, that's, that's why we have Coach Dunn around is to keep us focused and, and make sure we never give up and we didn't. Uh, we made a couple of good shots in the sixth end. Kev made a great shot for three. Uh, and in curling these days, sometimes that's all it takes is a big shot to really change momentum. And Kevin certainly did that in the sixth end. And, and uh, from that point on, we kind of put the pressure on and, and made it as close as we could and just couldn't quite pull it out at the end. But uh, all in all, a great experience. And, and like you and I talked about, you know, lots of ups and downs, even in the midst of a 10-end of a curling game. Uh, just came out on the wrong side of it this time. Big story, obviously, was Brad Gushu winning at home in in yeah. Newfoundland. How pro Gushu was the crowd, and you know, was it noticeable uh, during the final? Uh, yeah, it was. It was something I've never really seen before. Uh, you know, the Newfoundland people are are very proud people, and, and they love Brad Gushu. And it was, you know, it was his briar right from the start. Um, so it was, you know, it's the closest we as curlers are going to get to playing like a road game, you know, where the crowd is just all about one team. But it was a great atmosphere, and I have to give the crowd credit. Um, you know, even though they wanted Brad to win so badly, you know, there was no boos and, and no heckling, and they were still cheering some of our shots. And it was just an incredible atmosphere, uh, you know, reminiscent a bit of the Vancouver Olympics when it was a very pro-Canadian crowd. But this one was definitely louder and. Uh, you know, there was no, uh, there was no guessing who they were cheering for. Curler Mark Kennedy joining us. He's with the Kevin Cooey rink. They were Briar runners up, a seven-six loss yesterday to Brad Gushu in the final. Were you guys in the game where the power went out? Yeah, we were. That, yeah, that was the semifinal against, or sorry, the three-four game against Northern Ontario. Uh, I mean, that, that must have been nuts. I mean, one minute you're playing, and the next minute you, you can't see well enough to play. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. It was. It was crazy. That stuff just doesn't happen every day. So, you know, it, it meant for an extended break. We weren't sure if the ice was going to hold up. We had to make some decisions on what to do with the ice. And, uh, you know, they made the right decision. We redid the ice, and it resulted in, in a bit of a delay. But, yeah, those are just the types of things you have to deal with sometimes as athletes and try not to let it rattle you and try to stay focused. And at that point, we had had a two-point lead, so we were in pretty good control. And, we managed to stay focused and and win the game. The, the problem comes in the time frame that there was another game to be played that night, uh, and you know with TSN and their schedule, um, you know wanting to make sure that game goes on in the evening regardless of the powder outage. 
that makes it tough on the athletes because we don't want to have our legs cut out from under us by having to go right back on the ice without any preparation for the evening game based on a TV schedule. So it, it resulted in a little bit of uh, negotiation, and but thankfully the power came back on and we managed to make it work. Is that the... I mean, what's the strangest delay you've ever been a part of? I imagine maybe some things have happened sometimes when you go to a smaller community and some of the rinks are older, or is this now at the top of the list? Well, this is the top of my list. I know, I, I know there's some other stories. I know there was a, uh, I know there was a curling rink in Saskatchewan that burnt down in the middle of a women's provincial event. It burnt down overnight before the playoffs on Saturday night. Uh, I think that was a pretty huge inconvenience for the teams uh, so that probably ranks right up there in the history books but this for me was uh, was the strangest one and you know we were looking at 120 130 kilometer hour winds so it was only a matter of time before the power was going to go out in the city and uh, it just happened to happen in the middle of the game were you outside in those winds very much i mean you must have had to no, a no, bit. no? tried to avoid it we saw some pictures of people <laughs> being blown around there was uh, there was shingles coming off a roof looking outside our hotel uh, it was a, it was a little scary. There was a bus that tipped over in Paradise, Newfoundland, a few kilometers down the road. Yeah, I think I think they call those hurricane winds, but maybe out there it's just normal. I don't know. Just, just a breeze, just a very yeah, breeze. just a breeze. It was crazy. <laughs> but you see a lot of special things out in St. John. You played uh, Brendan Botcher, who was the uh, Alberta rep. Obviously, you guys yeah. are in Alberta rink, but you were in his team, Canada. He actually beat you guys six four. Uh, I mean, yeah. he, I mean, look, he he had a rough week. We do. He, he was a, a rookie, though, going in. I got to interview him the week before uh, he left. I, I don't know how much interaction you had with Brendan or how well you know him, but um, you know, did you keep an eye on him a bit? And how do you think he represented the province? Yeah, you know, we definitely did. Uh, there's not a lot of interaction amongst the teams because everyone's kind of busy doing their own thing. But, uh, you know, we kept an eye on him, especially being the first guy to represent Alberta, not named Martin Cooley or Furby in almost 20 years. Uh, and I, I thought he did fantastic. You know, rookie Briar Skip, I think he played 96% against us. Uh, you know, he played over 90s against Gushu to keep him in that game. Uh, I thought he himself did fantastic, and I think that's going to be a great experience for him going forward uh, and the next time he gets there he's going to be in a position to win uh, I know how overwhelming that first briar can be you know a lot of distractions uh, a lot of uh, family there to support you it, it's a very different environment but you know he handled himself well and I think uh, I think Kevin Martin did a good job of uh, you know trying to manage his team and and uh so good for them. I don't think the record was that important to them. I think it was more about just the experience, and and I thought they did great. They should uh, they should be proud of themselves. All right, you know the Briar is such a big event. Obviously, the Worlds are coming up in Edmonton, so uh, Gushu's gonna gonna represent Canada well at that. But uh, I mean, the, the the tour is so busy. So what's up with you guys? I understand you're staying out east. Yeah, yeah, we go straight from uh, St. John's. We're actually in Halifax right now. Uh, we'll be driving to Cape Breton on Wednesday for an event in Port Hawkesbury, one of our Grand Slam events. Uh, and then we're going to finish the year with two more Grand Slams, one in uh, the Players' Championship in Toronto and then the Champions Cup in Calgary. So we still got a few events here left to play, uh, you know, a little bit of cash to, to help pay for those summer vacations. Um, and uh, I think we're looking forward to just getting back on the ice and, you know, playing in a little bit of a less stressful event and, and just, you know, be able to curl and, and enjoy it. So is, is Gushu going to be in the event coming up? Could you play him again right away? I, I know Gushu will be there. I think he's in the other pool, so we're not going to play him in the round robin, but there's a good chance we'll see him in the playoffs. 
uh, it, this is always an interesting event because it's always after the briar and, and teams are usually pretty exhausted so you're not really sure what you're going to get when it comes to performance so uh, we'll see what we we'll see what happens okay well you know, again, Mark, you represented uh, Edmonton and uh, and Alberta well. You were there as Team Canada, and uh, you know it was a, it was a great game. I know you're disappointed, but once again, a uh, great uh, match for curling fans to watch. And I look forward to talking to you in person when you're back in town. Thanks for coming on the show again. Sounds good, Reed. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me, and uh, thanks to everyone back home for all their support all week. We felt all the love and support and messages, and uh, it means a lot to us. So thanks, Reed. Always great to have Mark Kennedy on the show, the third for the Kevin Cooey rink. 728, still one nothing. Pittsburgh leading Calgary halfway through the first. All your scores. We'll talk a little U of A volleyball. They're hosting nationals and an incredible story about a local men's hockey league player and his quest for justice. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Matt Stajan has just scored for Calgary, so one nothing between the Flames and Pittsburgh with five and a half minutes left in the first period. Good showdown there. Pittsburgh five in a row. Calgary nine in a row. Other action. Jets lead the Predators 4-3 in the second period. The Hurricanes have just finished off the Islanders 6-4. Columbus up 4-3 in Philadelphia with 4.5 to go. The Lightning lead the Rangers 3-2 late in the third. Still to come tonight, the Bruins and the Canucks, the Avalanche and the Coyotes, and St. Louis and Los Angeles. Those are the closest two teams to Edmonton in the Western Conference playoff race. The Raptors taking it to Dallas tonight, up 92-71, halfway through uh, through the fourth quarter. Oilers stars tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30 Ched. And uh, the game will start at 7. Get the latest on the team on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Well, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of university sports to talk about this week, so it's pretty fun. We got the uh, Golden Bears hockey team. Thursday, 10 a.m. game, quarterfinal against Acadia. That's out in Fredericton. The uh, Pandas hockey team at Kingston for their Nationals. Pandas Volleyball will be at Ryerson on their Nationals, for their Nationals, and Golden Bears Volleyball Nationals right here in Edmonton. They're hosting, and their associate coach is Brock Daviduk. Brock, welcome back to the show. You're on with Reed Wilkins. How are you doing, man? Great. Thanks a lot for having me back. Yeah, it's good to talk to you again. Last spoke to you uh, during the Olympics when Canada, the uh, Canadian men, gave us a little bit of a uh, a rush there, though it didn't quite end the way we were hoping. But yeah. but good to have you on the show again. Uh, look, I, I, I got to ask you this right off the top. I, I know that you guys have high standards. Uh, you know, the, the Golden Bears volleyball team has been one of the best in Canada. But is it is it hard knowing you're hosting because you're automatically in. Does that create any motivational uh, concerns throughout the season? Absolutely. Uh, it's something that we identified earlier. Our head coach, Terry Down, like he, it was one of his goals for the season. He didn't want that to affect how we approached any part of the season. So I think with how we go about that is we just really try to keep the guys thinking um, long-term in terms of their development, so wanting to have long-term goals, but also understanding that uh, we play in a league that's week by week and becoming like a, a good athlete I think is you have to have that short term vision um, in terms of competing, wanting to compete every weekend just because it's a chance to compete and that's kind of how we've dealt with that that's normal for us anyways but that's kind of how we dealt with that 
uh, potential motivational issue of hosting. Okay. All right. So uh, you're going to play Manitoba Friday at 6.30. Now, uh, you're just coming off the Canada West Final Four. Tell fans how that went for you. Well, we started well in the tournament. We played the number one seed, Trinity, and we had a we had a really good start against them. Uh, got up on them two sets to nothing, and then we had some chances to close that off in a certain fourth, but we didn't uh, take those opportunities, um, and Trinity really stepped up their game. And then we lost in five, and then the next night we didn't come out great. came out pretty flat. And, uh, we had a, a, a pretty um, honest talk after that match. Uh, guys were pretty upset because we ended up finishing fourth and we have higher expectations and goals for ourselves than that coming out of our conference. Um, and I think the guys have done a little bit of reflecting on that. And, uh, heading into this week, it's pretty exciting. Like you can tell the guys are pretty geared up and they really uh, they put some thought into how we performed last weekend. And um, you can tell they're ready to, to turn a corner and head into this weekend, uh, maybe a bit with a chip on our shoulder, but also just really excited to play together. All right, so I mentioned you're seated seventh. Canada West yeah. is typically a, a good conference, a great conference, quite frankly. You're playing Manitoba, mm-hmm. uh, another Canada West team. Uh, and so it's the top eight teams in the nation. You give fans a sense of how fine the line is between some of these uh, these top teams in the country, and specifically the top teams in Canada West. Well, the Canada West, like, I think the best way to put it is that there's some very good teams that we have to beat, the four of us that are going to nationals in order to to get there. Like, obviously, we're hosting, so we go anyways. But the teams that aren't going, like, Mount Royal, Saskatchewan, uh, Winnipeg, like, man, they they were they were so good through through the season. And I think that the strength of Canada West, I would say it's the strongest conference, and the, sh- the strength of the result at the U Sports or CIS National Championship is because the Canada West Conference is such a grind to get through. So what you see is that the, at the National Championship, the Canada West teams have quite a bit of grit when they play, and they're used to maybe dropping a set and rebounding because you come out of the Canada West and no one really ever comes out um, undefeated or unscathed. So they're really uh, battle-ready when they get to the CIS. And I think, I think that's what we want. We want that kind of competition because we want to develop these guys in uh, professional volleyball players. Um, and in order to do that, we need to play really tough volleyball all year long. I mean, as programs, we want to be successful at, at a national championship level, um, but we also want to have uh, we, the ability to, to develop our individual players into guys that can maybe play overseas or for the national team. Right. Well, I mean, that's great that that's, that's the standard for, for the program, and that's why you're yeah. so successful uh, on a year-by-year basis. Uh, this is awesome. It's in Edmonton. I, I got to go, and you're going to have to remind me of the year, the uh, the Joel Schmuland year when he grew the beard all year, and then you guys hosted nationals. What was that? Oh eight. Oh geez, I think it was oh eight oh nine. We hosted in the main. Yeah, so I okay, just looked it up. Yeah, myself. Yeah, um, and it was we uh, this year. One of the things we wanted to do to motivate the guys is we have pictures of that uh, developed because those were the last games that the that Bears volleyball played in the in the main gym, mm-hmm. uh, which is on main campus. We're now located on South Campus in the Savile Center. Um, so that it was just packed, and we're hoping we can uh, have that same kind of turnout this weekend. I think it's it's a, such a great chance for Edmontonians to see the the best volleyball in the country, uh, aside from the national team, um, like the best volleyball in the country for men's. Um, and it's, I think it, I'm hoping it's really you know packed to the brim because when we did it in in 08, 09, uh, it was just so like I saw pictures and saw it online. It was just there was it was standing room only, and it, it was a really cool atmosphere. And I think it's a great way to get young kids excited about playing such a 
such a cool sport. Well, uh, Alberta hosted men's in 02, and Alberta yeah. won. You hosted in 03, Manitoba won. You hosted in 09, and Alberta won. So two of the last three times the Bears have hosted, you've also won it. And you guys are going for for three in a row, right? Because you won it all we in 14. We actually won it. It was, it was both 08 and 09. It was hosted in in the main gym in Edmonton, and we won both those back. Oh, really? Because it has Laval on the U Sports website. Imagine that. They made a mistake. <laughs> oh, no. Actually, you're right. It was Laval. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, yeah. that's just my little <laughs> shot sometimes at how uh, U Sports promotes itself, but that's yeah. I, I won't get you to comment on that. Uh, how can fans get tickets if they want to go? Can they just go to the uh, bears.ualberta.ca or Ticketmaster? Yeah, it's we're, uh, they're being sold on Ticketmaster, so the easiest way is to uh, Google U Sports. Uh, and then you just find men's volleyball championship on there. Uh, if you go to the U of A site, then you have to find our our Golden Bears page, and you can buy them. You can access that that link through there. Um, but uh, yeah, go through the U Sports U Sports page. That's probably the easiest. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be uh, I'll be working during your quarterfinal game, but I'll have to follow it online. Brock, all the best. Go get them this weekend. It's going to be fun. Thank you so much. Thanks for. Having- that is both. Cut him off there. Sorry, Brock. Brock Davidock checking in, associate coach for the Golden Bears volleyball team, two-time defending U Sports national champions. They'll try to make it three on home court this weekend. Lots of university sports to follow. It is 7.43, another goal for the Penguins. They're up 2-1 on Calgary late in the first. We have an incredible story of a uh, guy in the uh, Alberta Men's Hockey League fighting for justice. And we're going to read his heartfelt email to his league when we get back. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. 2-1, Pittsburgh leading Calgary after the first period in the NHL. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in. You may have uh, heard or seen Ryan Smith, uh, the former Oiler, hit pretty hard. Kind of a late hit just after he scored a goal in Game 1 of the Chinook League Final for Stony Plain in Lacombe. Stony Plain did win the game. Smith has tweeted out that uh, uh, he's he's recovering. He uh, was banged up pretty bad on the play. Game 2 tomorrow in Stony Plain in that best-of-seven series. Keeping with the men's hockey theme, uh, a, a, a pretty incredible email was passed along to me. And uh, I'm just going to read it, and then we're going to have the author of the email on the show. I'm going to read the entire email because it is unlike nothing I have ever read before. It, it is passionate. It is, well, I'm just going to read it. Yeah, it was, it's written by, by Matthew Diltz, and it's written to the Alberta Men's Hockey League. Here we go. Hello, I hope you're having a great day. The reason why I'm sending this email is because my life is in shambles. Why, you ask? I was robbed of not one, but three points in my hockey game last night. One goal and two assists. The first point I should have received was a second assist. I know a second assist isn't something one usually brags about. However, I made a heads-up play and showed great vision to pass the puck to one of my defensemen, who then took a shot on net to have it deflected in. Not a bad start to the game, if you ask me. The second point was a first assist on the same shift as on my first point, I may add. I I took the puck through what felt like was 15 guys and then headed straight to the net. I looked up at the goalie and I could see the terror in his eyes as I came barreling towards him. I then snapped off a quick wrister and then the kid made a heck of a save. A heck of a save! 
Unfortunately for him, my teammate was there to bury the rebound like a pirate burying his treasure. My third point was a goal that will be talked about for many years to come. My teammate made a great play going wide as we were entering the offensive zone. I went straight to the front of the net. My teammate then went around the net and then took a nice low shot. The puck then began to bounce as if turned into a baby bird that was trying to fly for the first time but just didn't have the strength. I swear the puck hit about six or seven things whilst going about ten feet in the air. Once the puck landed back on the ice, I jumped from one side of the crease to the other with the instinct of a tree frog to put that sucker in the net. A hard game, a great game, a rewarding game. Imagine my devastation when I reviewed the score sheet today only to find, in fact, that I had zero points accounted for. As you could also imagine, I was on cloud nine after last night's game. My teammates hoisted me on their shoulders as we headed down the tunnel back to the dressing room. My wife cried tears of joy when I told her about my game. She said, I've never been more proud of you, Matthew. It was a very heartfelt and touching moment. To get three points in any league is an accomplishment. This is Division 2A we are talking about, though. Just four divisions under the NHL. If you could please find it in your heart to award me these three points, I would be forever grateful. A man's life is not complete unless he is able to rack up some points in men's league hockey. Please help me complete my life. With much respect, Matthew Diltz, number 44, Yager Bombs. And I'm pleased to welcome to Inside Sports the author of that email, Matthew Diltz. Matthew, you're on with Reed Wilkins. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. The last 48 hours have been a little tough. I'm not going to lie. That was just an incredible email. So first question, have you been awarded any or all of the points you requested? Well, I'm uh, not entirely sure. The league has gotten back to me. Um, they have we're looking for a little more information on which goals exactly it was that I should be rewarded points. I haven't got confirmation yet that I'm actually going to be getting those points. There might be a hearing. Uh, they might have to take a, a witness st- statement from the fan that's there. I- I'm not entirely sure yet. Is there video of the game? Unfortunately not, too, no. So we don't have that luxury. All right. Now, the goal that you scored, who did they award it to? Uh, well, one of my great teammates. His name's Mike Brown. Um and, uh, you know, he did a, did a real nice play, made a real heads-up play to put the puck on the net there. And, uh, you know, I understand. They, they, I think they thought that it just rolled over the back of the goalie and bounced into the net, but that, that just wasn't the case. Matthew, have you ever written an email like this before imploring an official scorer to hand you points that you deserved? No, no, this is the first time. I just uh, I woke up Sunday morning and I saw, saw the fact that I didn't have any points and just felt very passionately about it, and uh, I, don't, I don't think I could go on living my life if, uh, if I didn't write that email and, and try to get those points back. Is this the first three-point game you've ever been able to record? <laughs> of course not, no. No, I've had many. Um, I've had a five-point game this year, too, which is pretty sweet. Matthew, what's the reaction of your of, of your teammates? I mean, the hockey world is one where it stresses unselfishness, sharing the glory, putting your teammates first. Have you created mm-hmm. any tension with your teammates by writing this email? Uh, I don't think so. I think there's a little jealousy between some of the guys, though, because, I mean, it's not uncommon for uh, a men's league hockey player not to get points when he should get the points. 
Um, and so some of the guys are saying, if I do get rewarded these points, that you know maybe they could go back and give them the points as well. But uh, we'll, we'll see if that happens or not. Did your team win this particular game? We did, and we're in a very tight battle for, for first place in the league right now. We've got to get that bye in the first round of the playoffs, and hopefully we can, uh, we can make it through the end of the season with the championship. Matthew Diltz from the Yager Bombs joining us on Inside Sports. Who came up with the team name? Obviously, it's spelt like Yarmir Yager. Yeah, I can't take credit for it. Um, you know what? Uh, the team was created the year before I got on there, so I'm not entirely sure if it was a group effort or if it was just one individual, but we got a good team manager, and I wouldn't put it past him to have come up with that name. Uh, now, you're going to have to fill me in because my hockey career is long behind me. If you win Division 2A, do you go up to Division 1? Well, not necessarily, no, uh, but that doesn't mean we're not going to be uh, super proud and uh, and very happy and and have uh, a great celebration should we should we pull through. All right, Matthew, I really appreciate that you allowed me to share this email with everybody. Uh, your struggle is real, and, mm-hmm. and please keep in touch and let me know the resolution to your request for the points that you so greatly deserve, okay? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this thing's uh, it's bigger than me. Uh, you know, dozens of men and women are affected by, by missed points every day, and I hope that I can just, you know, spread the word, maybe be a voice for the voiceless and, and try to get, uh, you know, individuals the points that they deserve. Matthew, thank you so much for your time. Hey, appreciate it. That is Matthew Diltz. Check it in tonight. Where's number 44 for the Yager Bombs Division 2A in the Alberta Men's Hockey League if you ever go see them play. Quite frankly, one of the most unique stories I have ever covered in my uh, 17 years of broadcasting. This texture says, uh, I've refed in rec leagues between guys complaining and not giving up on making the show in Division 10 and lawsuits for injuries because they can't skate. Regardless of this email being tongue-in-cheek, there are guys that need every second assist possible. That's a text to 630-630. Warren, if there is a story to tell, we're going to tell it. That was poetry, that email. Inside Sports at 630Ched.com, by the way, if you ever have a segment or a guest suggestion. One final look at the scoreboard. Islanders trailing the Hurricanes 8-4 in the third period. The Jets up 4-3 on the Predators after two. After one, Penguins two, Flames one. Blue Jackets beat the Flyers 5-3. The Lightning edge the Rangers 3-2. Still to come tonight, Vancouver home to Boston. The Coyotes home to the Avalanche. The Blues take on the Kings. In the NBA, the Raptors win over Dallas 178. Oilers stars tomorrow on 6.30 Chet. 5.30 face-off show. Game starts at 7. Don't forget Bob Stoffer also has Oilers now from noon to 2. Besides Matthew Diltz, you heard from Brock Daviduk from the U of A Golden Bears volleyball team. Curler Mark Kennedy. Oilers play-by-play voice Jack Michaels and Milan Lucic and Todd McClellan. Thanks to everybody who called and texted. The studio producer this evening, Warren Mulvey. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.